Hi, everyone. My name is Kelsey, and this is the Curious Clit podcast. <laughs> Today, I have my very good friend, T.L. Amor. Terilyn is an international school teacher. She's taught in South Korea and Kuwait. She's also an amazing singer and a ukulele player. <laughs> oh, barely. <laughs> and... um. Yeah, so we are going to be talking today about sexuality and all sorts of stuff. But before we begin, maybe Terilyn, you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, um, well, as you said, I'm an international school teacher. So I spent five years teaching in South Korea where I was a teacher, but also I was very involved in the local drag community. And I spent a lot of time with the queens taking money from the people watching the shows. <laughs> um, and now I'm teaching in Kuwait, um, where I've joined in on the theater scene a little bit. Uh, I've joined an improv team. And I was recently in the Staged in Kuwait production of Chicago, which was super fun. I got to play Mary Sunshine and sing opera. <laughs> so um, I do a little of this and a little of that. And I'm excited to have a little chat with you today. <laughs> little nervous but excited I'm super excited too I've been really looking forward to this and um, I'm excited to share your story and I think a lot of people will resonate with things that you have to say you and I have known each other for almost 13 years I think at this point 12 13 years because we met when we were 19 our freshman year of college (laughs) yeah <laughs> so oh, those days oh those yeah, days we've, we've grown a lot since then I, <laughs> I hope anyway I hope so too um but I'm glad that we've still stayed friends and I know Same. that we've had many adventures over the years <laughs> yeah we we definitely had a lot of fun back in those days I still think about like when we went to that um discussion with the woman who was the photographer for the porn industry oh yeah do you remember that I like I still think about that that sometimes yeah (laughs) it was really interesting and then we saw um Chaz Bono yeah that was lit too yeah we had a lot of fun and of course like the countless parties that we went to and yes (laughs) And the the penis cakes, the penis straws. The penis fairy, the safe sex fairy Halloween costume. Oh, yes. When you were Katy Perry with the (laughs) ice cream titties. Oh, those were some good times. Yes. (laughs) I think, think, though, like, you can only change so much, you know. You're still Katy Perry and I'm still the safe sex fairy. and asking you what were some of the messages that you received about sex when you were growing up from parents teachers magazines movies music um pretty much anywhere that's such an interesting question to think about because um I come I'm similar to you I come from like a quite a conservative place 
which is, you know, it's fine. It's got its things, but there are certain things that you just kind of like don't talk about. Right. So with my family, sex was never really ever discussed. I mean, I'm very lucky. My parents are quite open-minded and they're very tolerant. And um, my dad did try to give us a sex talk once. <laughs> he basically had asked me and my sister if we had gotten our periods and told us to use a diaphragm whenever we have sex. So oh my God. <laughs> it was such an awkward conversation. And <laughs> I love that it was a diaphragm of all birth know, control methods. Know. Because for me, a diaphragm is like the muscle that you use to when you sing, you know, not like yeah. a, a sex barrier. But he he uh, mentioned like condoms too. And then he said a diaphragm. And I was like, I didn't I didn't know. So I asked and he's like, well, and he was real excited to explain it. He, <laughs> he felt like it was I think he felt like it was his moment, his big moment, you know. Um, But as far as school goes, I think I remember in middle school the genders were divided into this beautiful binary that we love so much <laughs> but <laughs> um it was basically like boys in one class girls in another class which when your bodies are changing I can see how it's beneficial but I think it's also and like for comfort and stuff I see why they did it um but there was like one teacher and she was very clear with us, you know, like you can ask me anything, but I'm legally not allowed to answer questions about birth control. So during class one day, one of my classmates raised her hand and had a question. The first thing she said was condoms. And the teacher was like, nope, I can't. So oh my gosh. Any, yes. So it's, it's basically like abstinence only, but I think, you know, to be honest, none of us ever really took that too seriously because you know we all knew that you were where we see movies where high schoolers like fall in love and have their first moment you know like you you kind of know that it's gonna happen um but when I did when I did decide to have sex it was actually a really good experience because my boyfriend at the time I, I just felt like everything was on my terms you know like his parents had put a little dish of condoms on top of their cabinet and they said hey whenever you guys are ready these are here for you oh my gosh so yeah and I after we had done it like it was kind of almost like they'd been checking the thing to like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know like counting of everything <laughs> I think like he and his dad had kind of had one of those like father-son conversation like a head nod I imagine them like with a little head nod but <laughs> but I think especially our generation we get a lot of information from movies and tv um yeah I sort of had sex before I was ready I was only 15 I mean I was ready I thought I was ready but I hadn't even like had my own orgasms alone yet so how was I expecting expecting a partner to to do it so yeah um like while it was like a great experience and I'm happy it happened, I do kind of wish I would have waited at least until I started masturbating <laughs> before <laughs> I started letting somebody else try to do it for me. But um, yeah, I think movies and TV are big for us. For me, like friends also were um, a huge factor. I had one friend uh, particularly, she was always um, like she developed faster than I did, you know? And she had like a curvy body, you know, she had like the boobs and the butt and I was always a chubby, chubby kid, whatever. And 
so she I kind of watched her experience a lot of things and maybe a part of me felt pressured to also do those things but um I did learn a lot from her about I didn't even know like what my body was gonna do when it was excited I didn't know I saw my like first boner with her one time with her and her boyfriend at the park once and (laughs) it was just a lot of things that I learned I learned because she was like always a a few steps ahead of me in that area because we were really young so yeah so like you weren't getting the information from school or really from your parents so you had to learn it from her yeah, her and just like whatever the media said and other friends as well. And as I got older and more friends were starting to have their experiences and stuff, we would always talk about it, you know, like that's the nice thing about friendships, you know, like you you are able to discuss these things in a safe place. And uh, I think I got lucky with who I surrounded myself with. And, you know, I think, all in all, it was pretty good. My issue, my things were more about figuring things out for myself and taking away other people's experiences and learning how to kind of find my own footing in that regard, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, you were kind of like hearing what other people were experiencing and maybe seeing stuff like on movies and TV and in music, but you were trying to decide for yourself, like how you wanted to be as a sexual person. Mm. Yeah, and I think that it's like an ongoing journey, Um, especially because I'm a very sensitive person. So especially around my birthday, I get extra like, how has this year been? What's this year? And I'm sort of aware of like the changes that I feel within myself, like interests that are different or whatever. And so I think that sexuality, like a lot of things are constantly evolving and like how we feel and view sex and what we desire with sex. I think that the fun of that is to be able to explore it Um, yeah but my thing is that uh I love I need a connection in order to do that and it's hard for me to connect with people enough (laughs) I guess to like want to get to that point so uh it's interesting and I'm I think I'll probably be learning more about that forever but that's kind of the fun of it I guess yeah it is the idea that like I don't know we're not stuck in stone we can always change and evolve and like what we want and what we need doesn't have to stay the same over time yeah especially as we learn more about our bodies and as our bodies change too you know like as we get older our bodies are definitely gonna evolve with us and you know like who knows what that's gonna do as far as like sensations or as far as like self-esteem even just being comfortable with ourselves you know like when things are changing um but I think as long as like you look at it as like this should be fun and exciting hopefully it can be that way yeah knock on wood (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious so earlier before we started recording you had mentioned that you know you kind of see yourself as maybe even identifying as demisexual demisexual Mm. these days and that you like really need that connection now in order to feel like you want to be sexual with someone Mm. was that always the case for you or do you feel like it's something that that has been one of the things that's changed for you that now you kind of need that connection more than you think you did in the past I think throughout my 20s I've 
I was sort of just kind of doing what the masses were doing, you know, like a lot of my friends were engaging in hookup culture and it was something that they enjoyed. I noticed, I just, I always felt like my friends were always just talking about other like boys, for example, like, oh, he's such a hot guy, whatever. Always telling me about their little rendezvous from the night before. (laughs) Um, and I guess like, I just always thought, okay, like this is what people are doing. I'm young. This is also what I should be doing. I'm young. I'm single, you know, and then I would do it. And then it just never felt, it was never good for me. Like when I would sleep with strangers, they didn't care about me. So they didn't care if I was enjoying myself. I was afraid to ask. I didn't feel comfortable asking for like what I wanted or what I needed. Um, and a lot of times I would just like, not have an orgasm or even fake it just to be done because yeah. it's just you know they don't care it's like one time thing so they don't care so I think it's always been the case but it took a it took a few trial runs let's say <laughs> to, to figure it figure out like why wasn't it good for me you know I didn't really like I didn't know why I wasn't enjoying it I thought I wasn't enjoying it because I wasn't desired enough maybe Maybe I kind of thought it was me, not them. Like, oh, they don't they don't want to take the time with me because like I'm not the type of person they would really want to get with. It's just I'm the nearest one around, you know? Yeah. So sort of be like almost like an internalized thing. I don't know. And and again, I started having sex before I started exploring with myself. So I think that that also had a lot to do with it. Um but I'm happy that I had those experiences. And I mean, not, thankfully, they were still consensual. And I was like very fortunate to still have partners that at least like respected me, you know, even if they didn't necessarily desire me or um, want to have like, pursue anything long term. They, they still had respect for myself, for me. And if I asked them to stop doing something, they would. But uh, it definitely was like trial and error. And now, like as I'm in to my 30s. I'm a lot more comfortable expressing, no, I I don't want to just like sleep around with people. I want to build a foundation, at least like feel safe with you and then go from there. Yeah. So you feel more confident and saying like, no, I want to wait. Like this isn't something that I want to do right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not always the best at that though, to be honest. Like I'll say that and then the mood strikes, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's the that's the hard part about it it's like I still get horny and I still want to have sex but it's just a matter of finding somebody that I want to have sex with you know but it's a journey um and I've like especially now that I live in Kuwait which is like a um sex is not very some something that's talked about and it's very like sex before marriage is obviously a huge deal there so um now that I'm there and I'm a lot able to kind of separate because Korea is just crazy like you have a big drinking culture there yeah. a big party culture um so naturally hooking up is going to be a part of that scene I I would think like you know at the end of the night the bar is closing who's coming home with me yeah. but in Kuwait there's not really nightlife so that that gets kind of taken out of the equation so I'm not really in a state with without my inhibitions I guess or with I think I said that wrong (laughs) I'm never like drunk enough to where I like I lose my senses or like you know or my decision making gets a little cloudy so I think that also has a lot to do with it uh that I don't just like drink as much as I used to 
So the yeah, it's it, that's not like a way to end the night for me anymore. So yeah, for sure. So in the past, maybe when you were partying, it was kind of like the hookup culture was so tied with it that it was maybe easier to kind of like go along with that night yeah, in that yeah. moment. Well, I was going to ask, do you feel like it's kind of been a positive shift for you to, you know, have, because you can't drink very much and because it's not as much of the partying culture, like you kind of have that time and that space to make more decisions about like who you want to have sex with or whether you want to go home with someone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I mean, a picture of the scene, you know, you're at a club and then it's the end of the night, everybody's kind of pairing off, you know? And I was always in situations where my friends were kind of like the stereotypical pretty that, you know, like I will never, I will never sit here and say I'm not pretty, but I'm not like what society deems as sexy or whatever, because media, um, but my friends often are. So I was always in a situation where I was the one that was like, not getting like, kind of like the, being the picked last for the team kind mm -hmm. of thing. <laughs> like, And that's fine. But it was like so few and far between that I would find somebody to go home with. So I think that like I was always on, I guess, on the prowl or always open to it because it just didn't happen that often. Um, and I was single the whole time I was in Korea. So for the five years I was there, I was single, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like I said, there was that pressure. And especially because my my friends were doing it. You know, like I would go to a yeah. club with two friends, two of them are off and then there's, I'm like by myself. So yeah, it's just, I think that's a good question. I definitely think it's been a positive change because I've been able to like also reflect, you know, when you're drinking every weekend, you don't really like sit down and think about like, why is this a good decision or a bad decision for me? And now that that time's up and like, I and I've approached a new decade like I said, I'm sensitive about my birthday. So when I hit 30, I was like sort of looking for the differences within myself. And don't you think you and I are at kind of an interesting time because you and I turned 30 around like COVID time. Yeah. So I feel like we were already sort of unwillingly transitioning into the new decade and to like almost like the stereotypes that come with it that, you know, like we're getting older, we don't party as much, which for me turned out to be quite true. <laughs> um, <laughs> the hangovers are way worse than they were, but taking that out of the equation would definitely was a positive thing. Cause I was able to like pay attention to what, what I want more. Cause that pressure was taken away. But I think in general, just, I, I wouldn't learn about what I want and need if I didn't have those other experiences that were clearly what I don't want and need, you know? Yeah. So I have no regrets with how I spent my twenties and um other people enjoy doing it and you know power to them but for me it was just never it was it just never worked for me it was never fun that's amazing that you kind of come to a place where you know you've recognized that it's not something you enjoy it doesn't feel good to you and that you know you can kind of feel steady and like this isn't something I really want most of the time and not let other people's experiences or opinions sway that for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've, I was just talking to you about this a little bit earlier, but I've always been one to compare myself to others. I think women do that a lot. I think we're yeah. sort of like conditioned to, right. Especially me, because I've always had friends, like I said, that fit a certain mold that I just never fit into. 
Um, so it was always like, well, if I could just look more like this person or if I, it was sort of like, do as, do as they do, you know? Um, and I just kind of felt like maybe if I was more desirable, it would be more fun. I don't know, like what my brain was thinking at the time. I think it just sort of felt like this is what you do in your twenties, you yeah. know? And I, I learned that it's, it can be what you do in your twenties, but it's not what I would like to do in my thirties. <laughs> ready to put an end to that. So, yeah. but now it's, it's fun because then I, you know, I'm more, when I'm with a partner that I feel like I can communicate with, I can be clear about what I like that maybe I'm not comfortable asking for from a stranger. Um, and also maybe just like the intimacy of like being in love turns me on too, or being cared for is something that I really like for sex. So um, if that's not going to happen in a one night stand, which it usually does not, I have had some good ones though. I have had some good ones. There was this, uh, one of like the more recent, like really feel good experiences I had was I was with this um, guy when I was traveling in Italy or no, I was in Germany and just in the morning he grabbed my belly and he's like bellies are the best and it was just something that was so kind of affirming for me because yeah like I said a lot of times when I'm having sex I always worry about like am, am I just kind of like a last resort or am I just like a vessel you know am I am I actually a person that they would want to be with otherwise so when he said that it was just kind of like nice and it wasn't in a fetishy way you know because yeah. you get those I've had people on tinder like swipe and send me those like have you ever seen the swipe notes I haven't but I haven't been on tinder yet so I <laughs> oh, okay right on so swipe notes are like these messages that people send before that you match it's like a message that you can see before and then it, I'm guessing the hope is that it sort of sways you to swipe right but oh god some of the messages that I've gotten definitely were like nope <laughs> When I was yeah. living in, I was in Busan, I think, uh, when I was in Korea, I got a message from this guy and he's like, I love fat girls. I will, oh I will God. eat your pussy. I will do this. I, and I'm like, like lick your feet and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Like do your thing. I'm not judging that. But like, that's like the very first message you send to someone. Yeah, that's awful. Like, yeah. And it just feels like when you feel like you're being kind of fetishized, it's just like not sexy, you know? No. Yeah. Like. I want to be worshipped, but not fetishized, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, it's an awful feeling when someone fetishizes you for something that's, like, just a part of your body and just you. Yeah, and it's it's also something that I'm not always, like, very proud of, you know? Like, it's... People can say what they want about fat people, I guess. Like, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of blame where the blame should not be. Um. I just love food and I'm, I haven't found an exercise form that I like enough to keep up with every day. Yeah. Let's talk about like, I'm sorry that <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like feel bad because my body is bigger than other. I just, I literally, it literally doesn't. I'm to the point where I just don't care anymore. I spent yeah. 30 years caring and I finally got to a place where I'm like, whatever, you know, you can be with me or not. That's just as much up to me as it is up to you. So um, yeah. And now that I, I kind of like feel that way, it's, I think, changed a lot about how I am with 
sex maybe like I'm like I said just more comfortable asking for what I want and I just don't have it as much with other people anymore because I don't want to <laughs> yeah so it was a lot of me myself and I somehow I got my um toys in to Kuwait <laughs> usually they confiscate them at the airport so but you you snuck them in <laughs> Yeah, I got like, it stinks now because I'm on summer vacation, I'm home, and I wasn't able to bring them with me for a fear of not being able to bring them back in. Yeah. So they're just collecting dust in my bedroom drawer right now while while I'm here limited to my my own devices. Oh, no. That's, it's sad when you have to leave the sex toys behind. I know, it's like... The best ones, in my opinion, are like the little sucky ones. Yeah. The ones, yeah. Yeah. Those ones are fun. My review was that it literally sucks the orgasm right out of you. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) It is true. They feel really good. Um, Little combo with with the vibrator with those as well. Ooh, baby. Sign me up. It's a good combo. <laughs> now I'm excited to go back to Kuwait. <laughs> One good reason. I'm gonna to go open back. the door, blow off the dust because certainly my apartment. Because especially now it's summer, there's probably gonna be like sandstorms and stuff happening over there. Super hot. Oh, it'll be all nice and warm already for me. Oh my gosh! And there will literally be dust. <laughs> I'm curious, you know, like thinking about. Um, kind of what you were talking about in the beginning of this and talking about you know not really getting a lot of information having these conversations that maybe you learned a little bit about like some forms of birth control but you definitely didn't like learn anything about pleasure and how to like Mm. you know give yourself pleasure um what is like what's kind of helped you from then until now to be able to you know, like know what you do want in sex and what you do like and to feel comfortable using toys and all that kind of stuff? Good question. Yeah. So you're right. None of it was ever about pleasure. And I remember a few years ago, there was that website. Oh my God. Yes. OMG. Yes. That website. And I remember like when it first came out, I was like, this is groundbreaking. And I still, I still think that the research from there must be great, but when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, men don't have to pay money to access a website with research about how they should pleasure themselves. And it it was a little bit disheartening. And I mean, like I said, I know that I do believe that this website is good work and like the subscription is for life and stuff. And I know it's all for a good cause, but it just and it's not their fault, but it just sucks that like we're like we people with clitorises and I guess potentially G spots, that mystery is still not solved, but like people who have that anatomy are not given much information about easily you know like when you have a penis it's easy to just kind of be like figuring out how to touch I guess I know there's a lot more to men's sexuality than that of course but at least like that's a very basic thing that you can figure it out like as soon as your dick starts getting hard you know yeah like you can (laughs) you can start exploring that right away whereas for us we don't we don't know our own anatomy I know more about I know about the Vans deference, but it took I didn't realize that my vagina was a vulva until I was 25. You know, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Even just basic anatomy that we learn is so skewed, and 
like even from like the very beginning we're learning improper anatomy improper vocabulary um so it makes sense that we're not gonna know anything especially when like sex has been kind of assumed to just be like penis vagina penetration you know but for me I'm never gonna have an orgasm if that's all you do I will never I am a I'm a clit bitch like I (laughs) need to have the clit simulated but when I was 15 having sex I didn't even know what that was yeah my boyfriend at the time he was great like 10 out of 10 like first time experience with him like he was he cared about me a lot and he would ask his female friends for advice uh for what to do and I remember like when he had like basically told me that about the clip for the first time it was like so intense that I couldn't I was like this can't be right there's no way that this is gonna lead me there because I can't stand you touching it this way it's like shock waves you know yeah but then you learn you know like maybe don't put so much pressure maybe like put the pressure around it you know you learn this once you start touching yourself and I didn't have my first orgasm until I mean I started having sex at 15 I didn't have my first orgasm until I was what 19 but (laughs) um yeah it's just like these things you just it's really just trial and error and I feel like I'm very lucky to have especially friends like you you know because you've always been interested in the subject you've researched a lot and so I've learned a lot from you as well, just with our conversations. And I think being open to talk to your friends, I mean, with every everything like sex or otherwise, um, it can help you, you. You start to think about it even when the conversation ends, you know, and like, I think that learning that I needed to explore got me doing that. So, yeah, um, friends were a big one and just having patient partners, I think. But one thing that like, I still get frustrated with sex, though, because, because I need that connect, I don't know, like, I'm not big on porn, really, like, it's not, it's not something I enjoy watching, really. And I've tried different types, like, if I, if I do watch it, I just watch, like, um, like, solo stuff, like, guys jerking off or something like that, or some gay yeah. porn, but with men, not with women. Yeah. Um, Things like that, I guess, but. I've always preferred to just like think about my own experiences that have been enjoyable. Um, like, I guess like a spank bank, if you will, like my yeah. own little, <laughs> my personal spank bank. Uh, but it's tricky to do that because like, if I need a connection to have sex and I'm having very few connections, like I can say that there's been like two people in the last six years that I've had like a connection with really, but then it's like, you know, if when I break up with them, if they're a partner I break up with, and I'm still like thinking about them months later, when I'm (laughs) masturbating, it can be like sad afterwards, you know? Yeah. So That's been like a hard thing to kind of navigate. And I I need to figure out how I can like find um, like get turned on by other things. Because like right now, the thing that turns me on the most is like pleasuring my partner, and making my partner feel good. So when it's just me, I have to learn how to like be in tune to my own feeling and to be able to have an orgasm just based on like how I feel, you know? Yeah. And that's been like a tricky thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So So, like just focusing kind of on like what your body is feeling instead of like thinking about things. Yeah. Yeah. Like memories or like fantasies about like with this specific partner, I wish that like I could be a little bit more in tune to myself and my own pleasure versus kind of counting on somebody else 
in their memory I guess yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's just um and and like I said it's always going to be a journey I think and the maybe like now that I'm not feeling the pressure to have sex with people I can really like kind of take the time to do that yeah but it's just like when you're in a hurry you know you just think (laughs) what's gonna get me off the fastest (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes it can be tough to like take that time to really like allow yourself to explore and to make it a priority of like I'm gonna sit down and like maybe I'm not like super horny in this moment but I'm gonna take this time to really like figure out what my body really likes yeah and I was I would be interested in learning more about how to even start with that because like your your thoughts kind of wander but I don't know it's it's never really been easy for me to be like quite I've always had to be in situations where I was considering other people you know like that's just part of who Mm -hmm. I am and like maybe maybe it's birth order maybe it's because I'm a cancer maybe (laughs) you know it could be a lot of different things but I I do tend to think about other people and it's it can be frustrating when even in sex when and especially like when it's when I'm masturbating and it literally is just about me yeah I'm still thinking about pleasing other people in those moments which can be tricky and frustrating but at the same time it's also something I I like about myself you know and I don't necessarily want to change it but it would be nice to choose when you know have more control over that Oh, I'm like getting emotional just listening to you say that because I think this is something that like a lot of people have been socialized as women really struggle with of like, you know, we're taught to like be so hyper focused on our partner's pleasure that it becomes the way that we get pleasure, which can be amazing. Like it can be really beautiful to be with the partner and to experience that, but also like we got to know how to feel good on our own and to like feel good about our own pleasure and to really want and desire that too yeah absolutely and it it all comes back to how can we ever have a partner please us if we don't even know how to please ourselves you know like this whole conversation but this last part that we've been talking about kind of reminds me of uh, that moment in the barbie movie where they start talking about the brainwashing and it's mm. like you know she comes yeah, back and, is iconic monologue yeah and they see all the barbies like wearing the maid outfits and like catering to the men and like i don't know i kind of feel like we just need to like wake up and like de-brainwash ourselves and start like not catering to this shit that men like put us through and i mean i agree with you that i don't think they're like most of them I don't think are like consciously doing it out of a malicious place it's just like that's how they've been socialized their whole life so they like don't even think differently you know that's the patriarchy and then like women participate in the patriarchy too by you know we look after them we prioritize their (laughs) orgasm more than ours (laughs) yeah yeah I mean we even use their orgasms for the catalyst for our orgasms or at least if you're me like that's my spank bank (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know so I don't know (laughs) and I mean like I said it's just such an and we are we are very lucky that we live in a time where 
at least these conversations like we are able to have these conversations you know we're and especially like with the traveling I've done I'm just kind of realizing how a lot of places don't have that freedom um it's it's fortunate that we live in this day and age and in this place specifically as well where we we can we can talk about these things and we we will find we can find partners that understand like imagine 20 30 50 years ago um how this how this like how women were having sex then you know you and I I think have like found people in our lives men specifically cis men specifically who have um have been understanding and willing to listen and learn and are very caring and um interested in our pleasure as well I think yeah that's good that we have had that in our lives so we we know that we need it (laughs) and not to put up with anything less than than that yeah I think it's so impactful to like have a partner who really cares about your pleasure because it starts I think it's so difficult for us to care about our pleasure that when we finally have a partner who does that caring, it kind of can help like kickstart, like rewriting that script and like helping us to prioritize our own pleasure. Um, yeah, and absolutely. I'm won- I agree. And I'm wondering, I know we've been talking for a while, so I want to um, okay. maybe start wrapping up the conversation, but kind of like on that note, of like thinking about you know where you are today and you know how you've begun to prioritize your pleasure and to have sex that's more aligned with like your wants and needs um what are what are some tips that you'd give to people what are some you know like things that you wish people could like carry more in their hearts that's that's a good one um I guess like any advice or tips that I have is just like really think about what like before you do something really think about if it's something you want to do like don't do things that other I mean peer pressure is a real thing and I mean I don't think that even goes away I think peer pressure is something that follows you because in the end of the day we all want to and it it's also just sort of like everybody else likes it so it should be fun right like I'm gonna enjoy this too if it's something that you just you've tried it, you don't like it don't don't keep hoping for a change, I guess. Like, don't do things that you don't enjoy just because other people enjoy them. It's okay to not like the things other people like. Yeah. And it's okay to not, part, you know, to not subscribe subscribe to some idea of what sex should be or um, what relationships should be. I think that's a big one because I felt a lot of pressure and I took, I tended to, to take things personally when they didn't work out the way that, it seemed to work out for everyone else, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and and then take the time to yourself, you know, like have a nice bath, you know, (laughs) read a sexy book, drink a glass (laughs) of wine, light a candle, you know, take, I think when the conversation is a lot of times on self-care these days, but it seems like when people talk about self-care, it's, in regard to like certain things you know but when you kind of take life and you think everything you do is self-care like making myself breakfast in the morning that's self-care even like everything you do your grooming habits self-care you know so like 
think about sex as self-care too you know like you deserve to have sex that feels good you deserve to figure out what feels good and you deserve to have a partner who cares enough about you to want to make you feel good so these are all things to consider when we're um engaging in sexual relationships and like starting to figure it out and also like just don't stop exploring but also like respect your own boundary as well yeah oh, like so you powerful. can keep trying new things but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I'm just I'm just a teacher I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny having like these conversations though as a teacher because I do feel like it makes you think about your past teachers in a different way. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm curious too, like, um, what advice would you give to parents when talking to sex about their kids? That's a really good question. And I think that one thing I've noticed is parents don't give their kids credit. Kids can understand complex content if it is given to them in an age-appropriate way. So when we're talking about sex to children, I think like the biggest thing is to make sure that it's age-appropriate. So, and sex doesn't just happen in humans, you know? Sex is also something that we see in animals and, you know, like a lot of kids, for example, kids growing up on farms, they're probably gonna see it. You know, you go to the zoo, you're gonna see animals mating, you know? So it, it happens yeah. around in nature. So. I think, first of all, just not avoiding it. I think sweeping it all under the rug is just allowing them to find their sources from non-reliable places, right? So, um, like, for example, porn's fine, but you don't want your sex education to be porn, right? So, yeah. um, I think starting with, like, good touch, bad touch, starting with using anatomical terms so that way it's not a shameful word, like, they're not when you give it a cute name, it becomes shameful when you, or like embarrassing when you get older and you start using the correct words, you know? Yeah. Um, and then as the kids get older, like start with animals, read, read books about like wildlife, you know, like um, this is, you, you don't need to go into like the nitty gritty necessarily, but I think that kids can know that what sex is without being traumatized by it you know like just just I think the the way that we we treat it is why it make it can make it traumatizing you know yeah if it's just taught and treated as a part of life like I don't think it would be a big deal of course I I don't research this and so my opinions are merely just based on like experiences I talk about very deep things with my students all the time obviously not sex because um I, I teach in Kuwait but um <laughs> like I I have talked to them about like body image I teach first grade um so I've had conversations with my students about like one of the kids came up to me oh this kid said something really mean about you um I said what what did he say oh he said you're fat and I said oh that's okay it's not a bad word I said mm -hmm. um I am a little bit bigger than other people, but that's okay. I said, I'm so pretty, right? And he's like, oh yeah. I'm like, do people love me less? No. Okay, it's fine. Not a bad word. And he just kind of like teetered off like nothing happened. <laughs> and it's, but these, these conversations, they're small, but they're impactful, you know? So like never just don't sweep it under the rug, find a way to have the conversation without 
making it uh focus around shame yeah you know like find a way to have the conversation you know especially because when kids are asking it's usually how our baby's born is going to be the first introduction to them about it and then the the wheels turn and the panic ensues right (laughs) but I think if you know you can say there people get together and they that when they feel comfortable and when they feel safe they do you know like there's ways to explain it I don't know the best way to explain it to be honest because I I've never had to and I'm not a parent so um I but I think that the best thing to do is to just make sure it's age appropriate and that it's not swept under the rug yeah that's so powerful it's just you can have those little conversations with them when they come to you with questions you know, and I think those are such good moments to like chat about it. Yeah. And I mean, you, you have it a lot with kids too. I mean, they're curious. So like they'll touch each other or like, I've had, like, I've had like little boys whip it out in the middle of story time. Like oh my God. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It does happen. Yeah. And, or like they'll touch each other because they don't know or, um, and it's just not making it seem like they're doing something wrong because it's not wrong to touch your body. There's no shame in that, but yeah, you don't want to do it in the middle of story time when there's 20 other kids around you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, so you just have to kind of like redirect the behavior and like, that's okay in private, but here, you know, we keep it, keep it, put away, put it that, put that away. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, of course not in front of everybody too. Like, yeah. It's, it's been an interesting thing with teaching because you you learn a lot about um just like what kids say and think and do um and they are a lot more uh there's they're better than like they're they can handle more than what we give them credit for um and there's way sex is not a dirty nasty thing we we do it for fun and we do it to to keep our species going so I think the weirdest thing about it is the fact that it is so taboo and it is so sick. I think that is weird. It should not be, Yeah. you know, like I, and I, even with bodies, like I have a hard time with it too, because it's like, I don't know. I think we should all just be naked all the time unless they're cold, you know, <laughs> like it, it's a body, like it's skin and fat and muscle and blood and veins and whatever. Like we all have it. And, um, maybe we would respect each other's a little bit more if we were able to kind of like see the diversity, but I don't know what I'm saying, but I just mean like, it's, it's hard because like I teach children, but they're not my children. So I have to really be careful with what I say. Yeah. Um, But I do think like the, like tabooness, I don't know, like that sex is so such a off subject. It's like such a weird thing to me. When you think about it, why do we have sex? We have sex for fun and we have sex for babies. Yeah. I mean, among other reasons, I'm sure there's like myriad of reasons, but it's like, what, then why, why do we not talk about it? Why is it weird to talk about? It is pretty strange. But it is weird to talk about. I will never talk to my mom about it. You know, like <laughs> she, she's avoided that conversation with me my whole life. So I'm just going to continue on that habit there. Like, uh, yeah. just cause that's already been set in stone, but for future generations, like if we can have these safe pointed age-appropriate conversations I think then when the kids grow up they're gonna have a lot more um they're gonna be able to make those decisions with all the information that they need 
Yeah. You know? And if they learn about, like, how sex is diverse, you know, there's lots of different... Everybody has sex differently, you know? Nobody has sex the same. So then maybe there won't be so much pressure into it if we kind of normalize it a little more because it is normal, so... Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, well, there are so many gems in this <laughs> this episode. I'm like so excited to go back and listen to it. And I don't know how I'm going to cut things, but. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that it's going to be a fun adventure for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being on here and for sharing. And I think, oh. I'm feeling so emotional about all of this. So thank you for telling your story and like sharing your thoughts. Um, Before we go, are there, is there a place that you would like people to follow you? Like one of your Instagrams or? Not um, yet. Um, I'm hoping this year to have my very own podcast in the works, but it's, it's not ready. So I'm not ready, but when that happens, maybe something can just be added in the little little description when that comes out. But nothing now, nothing nothing at the moment, but uh, it's been great having a chat with you. And I hope at least somebody out there feels a little bit less like pressured to conform in the hookup culture. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Something. And I'll... When you do launch your podcast, I'll be sure to include that in the show notes so that people can find find it. Um, it's going to be great. I just have to do it. I think it's going to be amazing. Thank you.